0: Hello, hello. How is your summer going? The podcast is having a bit of a break over the summer. Hopefully you'll be aware of that if you've tuned into the last few episodes. So we are rerunning some of the fun and I'm picking some of my favourite episodes from the last 140 odd. Seems crazy to think that there are that many out there now. It's been a tough job choosing, but also really lovely to browse through the back catalogue and remember all the wonderful people and organisations that I've been lucky enough to chat to. Today's Rerun the Fun episode is episode 50, Everything Electric Cars with James and Kate. I've chosen this one because it possibly feels even more relevant now than it did a few years ago when it was first released. The speed of the rise in the uptake of electric cars has taken everyone, I think, even the industry by surprise. And I'm sure I'm not alone in delighting in seeing so many of them out and about day to day, maybe even giving them a little wave and a thumbs up. (laughs) That's probably just me. But lots of people still have lots of questions about them. And this episode with James and Kate, who have a brilliant EV YouTube channel, which I've linked to in the show notes should hopefully help to answer a lot of them. Important to say that EVs aren't a magic bullet for decarbonising our transport systems. We need lots more and lots better public transport and we need to help encourage active travel. But they are a big part of the jigsaw. So do let me know if you listen to this one the first time around, if this one is all new to you, and if you've still got any questions about electric vehicles. Enjoy.
1: Hello, James and Kate, or Kate and James, I'm not sure which way round to say
2: it. How are you guys? We're really good, thank you, and it's James and Kate, we reckon. James and Kate, alphabetical,
1: (laughs) we were saying (laughs) earlier, weren't we? Alphabetical. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fab, can you start off um, by introducing yourselves to everybody?
2: Um, Well, we're James and Kate, and we have primarily have a YouTube channel um, where we review electric cars, electric bikes, Do a couple of other little bits and bobs. We're also on Twitter at Kate Phantom, um, where we do all sorts of things, including electric cars, but also other bits and bobs as well with eco-friendly themes.
3: Yeah.
2: And um, Facebook as well, loosely.
3: A little bit. A little uh, bit of
2: Facebook, but mainly YouTube and Twitter.
3: It's all about just moving people over to EVs or helping them make that transition.
2: Right.
1: We're going to dive into some of this terminology because you've already said EVs, so some of the terminology that I've come across that people might have heard, and it all gets a bit confusing. I've heard EVs, I've heard ICE, I've heard hybrid, FEV, mild hybrid. Can you
2: just run through some of them and tell us what they mean? Um, well, I'll I'll make a start, and then James, you can jump in. Okay. <laughs> um, so EV is fully electric vehicle, so no no petrol, no diesel, just just electric. Yeah. Um, you've got ICE, which stands for Internal Combustion Engine, which can be petrol or diesel. So those are the traditional cars
1: that we're all used to driving and seeing around. They are.
2: Yeah, they're the, the standard car that everybody knows, really. Mm-hmm. You've got the hybrid, which can be petrol or diesel, which then comes with a small battery, um, which can't be plugged in. Right. A hybrid. And then you have the PHEV, which is the same, really. It's um, it's a hybrid, but it's got a slightly bigger battery, but it can be plugged in. and You normally get around about 20 miles out of those. And then I'm going to let you take over at that
3: point. Uh, it, it can get quite confusing. So you have, um, like Kate said, the hybrid. The, the hybrid basically is a petrol with a small battery. It, mm-hmm. it, can, it runs on petrol. If you don't put petrol in it, it stops. Yeah. So, PHEV, which allows you to run on both mm-hmm. rates. Um, you have a mild hybrid, which is basically uh, a normal hybrid. It's, it's it's just another way of saying hybrid. There's not any real big difference. Right. And we get a series hybrid, which is where the wheels are only driven by an electric motor, but the motor can be powered by either a battery or by a petrol or diesel engine or an internal combustion engine. But the, 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 the crux of it is EV electric vehicle, Ice internal combustion yeah. and then a hybrid or plug-in hybrid is is really the four major. Worlds. Okay,
1: cool. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the sort of benefits and drawbacks of electric cars in general. But talk to us about hybrids. Why why are there hybrids? What are the they seem to kind of be? Are they the best of both worlds or the worst of both worlds? How how does that work?
3: Um, can I start that? You yeah. Know? yeah. So, <laughs> so um, hybrids are they are better than just petrol or diesel. Um, but they're, they're kind of mildly better, and there's a bit of an advertising campaign at the moment for self-charging hybrids, which has probably prompted quite a few people to have them because it's. So, what's hybrid. a self-charging hybrid? Well, there, there isn't actually <laughs> a self-charging hybrid. It's uh, the, the way I just I, I explain it to people is if you don't put petrol in, it stops. It's a simple as right. that. So, any electricity that goes into that battery comes from petrol. That's the only way to look at it. So, but it is a hybrid, and they are actually very nice to drive. They're they're better for the environment. They're better on fuel. So, marketed as a hybrid, yeah, it, it, it's kind of a stepping stone towards an electric vehicle. And but it gives people that freedom that they can just put petrol in, and they can just have that reliability of that infrastructure at the moment.
1: So, can it run solely on electric at any
3: point? Yes, it can. Uh, but that's only electric that's been put in the battery from the engine, so okay. it's all you've always got to keep that in the back of your mind that that electric's come from one place. But it can, at very low speeds, on the type of hybrid I'm referring to anyway, it it, it can sort of move around car parks and things like yeah. that. Yeah.
1: Oh, but okay. You, but the idea oh, is presumably that the battery improves engine efficiency and decreases fuel consumption and
3: things like that. And that's exactly what it does, and it does it very well.
1: Okay, cool. Right. Um, one of the reasons I specifically wanted to talk to you guys about electric cars was because I love, I especially love, no offence James, but I love Kate's reviews because they're so practical and down to earth and like I can fit the boogie in the back and look how the car seat fits in. Whereas I think quite a lot of the EV community... Um, you know it's lots of early adopters, lots of uh, guys who get very excited about how many miles it does to the kilowatt hour and that kind of thing yeah. so I really wanted a really practical um thing so yeah so i'm really
2: pleased to be talking to you guys. So what oh. would you say are the benefits of electric cars um there's lots and lots of benefits i mean i was I was talked into getting an electric car originally, <laughs> and I think I have to let I was really nervous about getting one. I was replacing a petrol car um and i wouldn't go back i mean there's so many benefits the the massive one is actually the cost the cost of the fuel yeah um we're spending what's about two p per mile is it right? okay in,
3: in the summer two P in, in the, the summer
2: yeah. um i mean we have solar panels so we also charge off the sun which helps yeah um but the cost to repair the cost of tax of, of road tax it's free so yeah. that's a massive benefit the ease of driving and I think particularly for me you know we're having a little one it's, it's such a chill drive it's such an easy drive no gears nothing yeah. really to think about um the loss of wear on brakes so sort of general repair on cars is, is lower yeah. and also eco-friendly so yes. there's so many so many benefits yeah what's the main thing you think you love about them um there's two things I'd say the ease of the drive and the cost yeah. the cost of running it is, is a massive thing for us
1: so how much do you reckon you spend on kind of air quotes fuel now compared to what you were spending on petrol like a month or a year or i don't know how it's um, easy to
2: quantify
3: james what do you reckon um usually uh, an ev depending on how you fuel it it runs runs at about 15 percent of the cost of an internal combustion car efficiency. oh okay yeah so it's a big big difference big difference. yeah yeah
2: i think people talk about the cost of electric vehicles being higher than internal combustion engine vehicles and that that is that is true they are they are more expensive but you save so much money once you've once you've bought one yeah. you definitely get yes. that back
1: so over the lifetime it probably works out or hopefully works out cheaper because as you okay. say the the kind of um uh service costs and things are the are much less aren't they
2: Yes, they are. They
1: are much less.
3: One of our EVs, actually, which has done 51,000 miles, has is, is used less than 20% of its brake pads. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And,
1: and so just, just for those who aren't like massively um, car geeky, uh, and 50,000 miles, how would you have expected
3: to have changed your brake pads? I, I, I would hour. have had at least one set by now.
1: Oh,
2: okay.
3: One set, yeah. Definitely. Oh, that's quite exciting. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so um, what are some of the drawbacks, and is there anything you don't like?
2: There aren't massive drawbacks, to be honest. I think the range—you are going to have less range to a charge than you would from a tank of fuel, and there's Mm -hmm. there's no changing that at the moment. I mean, ranges are getting—the ranges on vehicles are getting much, much better. In the time we've been using electric vehicles, owning them, our first one did eighty-five, ninety miles to a charge, Mm -hmm. and now we've got one which does two hundred and twenty to a charge, and you can buy them now which do up to three, three fifty. Yeah. I think that would be the only, the only drawback some people may see. The, a small drawback perhaps is a charging time. I think yeah. people see that as an inconvenience. Um, they think they're going to have to stop for hours to charge the car and they'll not be able to get anywhere quickly. But in reality, you stop for 10, 15 minutes, you top up, you get a coffee, you go to the loo, and by the time you're back at the car, you've charged. So there aren't really... Any drawbacks that I can personally think of? Apart from those. The,
3: the, the, the thing is as well, we, we charge at home. So we, and one of our EVs, we charge once a week. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it gets charged on a Sunday night. The other one gets charged once every four days. So it's, it's that easy. It sound it's like smart. you've
1: got your routine kind of off pat as to <laughs> yeah. how, how things work.
3: Well, well, yeah, well, we're also quite lucky that we, we get charged in a work so, oh brilliant. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we haven't, if we had, didn't have that, we are charging is sorted, but we can charge at work, which makes it uh, very cost effective because it's free, <laughs> yeah. uh, but also very convenient as well. So um, yeah, it's it's we we have no problems charging. We plug it in; it takes ten seconds to plug in and ten seconds to unplug.
1: Yeah, and I think it is just that different mindset, isn't it, yeah. I love, um yeah. Like, because we've just got our first full EV. And I'm already thinking, oh, well, you know, trying to plan ahead and thinking, I'm going, well, we're going on a longer journey on Thursday. So that means plugging it in overnight on Wednesday night. But actually, I think once you get your head around that sort of just making sure that if you've got a longer journey to do that, you're going to have plenty in there by planning ahead a little bit it's yeah. touch wood hopefully gonna work
2: out I mean there's been times when I've forgotten oh okay and then yeah. I've gone to get in the car and I've been supposed to be somewhere by a certain time and I've been late and but it's been so it's so rare isn't yeah. it that it's yeah. happened but um but yeah it does happen and some people worry about the availability of chargers on route actually now you mm-hmm. mentioned that but when we first got our very first car which was a leaf the availability of chargers was Oh, so much worse than it is now. And we managed to do some really long journeys yeah. with very little planning. We we properly winged it. Oh, yeah. did you? Yeah. <laughs> was this before or after small person? This was way before. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have happened now. Now it's much more structured. So, but yeah, that was that. That was our very first video. So, if you if you look on YouTube at our channel, our very first video is called "Winging It with a Nissan Leaf." And if you want to see some hairy moments, <laughs> then they're definitely on there. <laughs> so but we're much more organized now yeah, so you've yeah. got two yeah. you've
1: got two evs now what have you got now
3: so um we've got a tesla model s which we've had for three years mm-hmm. um, and we've got an mgzsev there's only two of those in, in the uk at the moment wow so quite privileged to have one of those <laughs> and and, I, and a lot of people have said it's chinese but it's absolutely brilliant
1: oh okay it's and what's the range on both of those then
3: so our model S will do we've had 230 yeah. miles that's that's sort a of stretch mm-hmm. um, and the MG is about 155 so okay. yeah it's a much smaller battery in the MG
1: yeah and i think the thing to point out about range and range anxiety and things is that for the majority of us for our daily commute for work we're not talking about those hundreds of mile journeys you know most of us probably do like 30 miles each way tops so even if you had as you say a leaf with an 85 mile range you'll be fine because you'll be back home to charge up overnight
3: yeah yeah the the other thing that a lot of people do say is um well i go to scotland twice a year or i go to france i go to south of france and we simply say to them well look if you if you're not happy to do that in your ev drive an ev for the whole of the year and then rent a car with the money right. that you save by running an EV. It's 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 just a no brainer. You save so much in fuel, you can afford to rent a car and drive down there and not worry if that if that's if that makes you feel better.
1: And hopefully by the time you've driven it for a year, you're quite happy with um, kind of yeah. how the charging things work. So you do it anyway. Yeah, cool. So talk to us about charging because um, you know that. At the moment, it feels like the infrastructure isn't quite there in terms of everybody switching to to electric cars. So, how does it work charging?
2: Um, so, if you if you want a home charger, mm-hmm. um, which is which is a really good, really good thing to have, if you can, if you've got off road parking, yeah. you can get an OLEV grant, which stands for government. Uh, sorry, it stands for Office of Low Emission Vehicles, um, and that is really really easy to get, isn't it?
3: Um. Yeah, so, so it, for, for your home charger, basically, you just phone up a, a charge installer and they mm-hmm. will claim the grant for you. Oh, okay. Um, and then they'll just install it at your house. It's very, very simple. And yeah. And generally quite quick. Um, if you if you just had a quick search on Google, it would bring up a lot of, just put in OLEV, yeah. it bring up a lot of charge installers. So you said you've just got your, your first EV. Yeah. Have you got a charger installed?
1: Yes, and I want to say it's a Zappy. is that right?
3: Oh, ah. that's
1: fantastic. We've Have got a zappy. zappy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to be such EV geeks. Um, yeah. <laughs> so my understanding, um, and I'm such a typical woman, my husband sorted all this out, but the, the, because we've got solar panels like you, it means that we can, um, the Zappy's a bit kind of smart and it will charge the car when, when, when we're, we would otherwise be exporting energy to the grid, is my that's understanding. True.
3: So I'm giving you a high five here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant.
2: That's exactly what we've got it for, yeah. and, it, and it's been brilliant through the summer. The amount of free free yeah. energy we've got has been fantastic. But, yes, but, but, it's quite exciting seeing seeing because. <laughs>
1: Uh, just trying to describe for people that the arrow you have a little picture and there's arrows and it shows whether energy is coming from the grid or going to the grid and it's quite frustrating if you've got solar panels to see those arrows going out to the grid so
2: you plug it in and suddenly yeah. you see it yeah. going well, into the I've car about this over the phone james will ring me up and say oh my goodness go home and plug something <laughs> we're, we're losing energy
3: huh? <laughs> Oh my also for people who don't have solar panels um you, there are providers out there which um, they, they're 100% green energy. So we're with a company called Octopus, um, yeah. and they're, they're fantastic. Um, so realistically, they can't they can't give you confirm that all the energy drawn at your house is is clean. But what yeah. they can do is they offset it. Yeah. So yeah, so they can't. There's no special wire going to your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they do do a really good um, uh, economy seven tariff or an agile tariff. We're on the economy seven, and we charge for five a per kilowatt hour. So that's five p for four miles. So yeah. if you buy five by four, it's very cheap per mile. So yeah. Uh, that, that's yeah, that's that's basically uh, that's basically what we do through the winter when there's not a lot of solar. So. Yes,
1: yeah. And if we don't have off-road parking, does that
2: rule out EVs for us? No, I don't think so. I think. Um charging options are becoming much more readily available aren't they and yeah. if you've got a fast charger in your locality you and if you wrote like us we're only charging once every four days you could just nip up there and spend 40 minutes at it once once every four days and you can charge your car so i think it depends on location i think where, where we live we're we're a bit poor on charging we are aren't we, we so are. it would be more tricky where we live but But also you said you've got charging at work so people have got charge points at work presumably they can drive to work plug in charge up all day and drive home again and it's becoming more and more easy so i don't think it's a complete write-off i think Mm. it's tricky but it's definitely not a write-off and i think those options will become more and more available as the years go on
3: yeah it's it's definitely a case of of people trying it and realizing that it works because i think we've been for over 100 years been used to using petrol and diesel and the convenience of it. Um, and now we've got to change. There's there's no other option. We have yeah. to stop burning fossil fuels at the rate that we're doing it. So people people need to try it and see that it does work. And they, they, they sort of build a confidence. They start off very nervous yeah. and then they build a confidence and then it becomes normal. And then before you know it, they look back and think, How have I not been doing this before? It's that, like any
1: change, isn't it? Yeah, 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 definitely. Now I'm already, I'm quite happy charging up at home, but I'm already quite confused about all the different apps there are to download and all the different um lots of them seem to want like a monthly subscription and things how how does that all work if we're going on a longer journey i'm
2: gonna let you answer this one <laughs> <laughs> as much longer yeah. journeys an idea regularly yeah
3: so uh, there are two uh, really good apps one's called one's map one's called um, and they will show you all the different types of chargers in the whole of the country and their availability, whether they're available, somebody's using it, and what network it's on. Uh the so
1: that map, and what was the second one?
3: Uh, Plugshare.
1: Plugshare, okay, brilliant. Yeah.
3: And, but the thing with Plugshare, if you're really desperate, is it will even show you people's houses. So oh, really? really <laughs> scared, you could pull onto somebody's drive, and uh, if somebody knocks on our door, we'd, we'd quite happily let them you if it got yeah. the weather.
2: Do people have to sign up to that? though, don't. They on Fuchsia. They don't yes. just. They don't just show everybody's houses. They've no. got chargers.
3: No, that's that's a good point. So
2: so so I could because we've got a charger on the drive. I
1: could um register that on there, and then people would know that that's available if they want it. Yes, yes just okay. like um
3: But there there are other um, options out there. So we are with a company called Polar. Uh-huh. Polar are very very reliable, and they've got really really good coverage. Uh, it does cost. I think it's about seven pound a month but I've got to say that's two cups of coffee at Starbucks. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's nothing for for knowing that wherever I go, I'll be able to plug in and charge. Um, So you can
1: only, if you're with Polar, you can only plug in and charge at Polar Chargers.
3: Yes. uh, I'm not sure if you can use their card as an RFID card for other chargers, but Polar Chargers are are just for Polar customers. Right. So So you
1: pay seven pounds a month and then do you still pay for the electricity when you plug in?
3: you do but it's a, a much discounted rate right and if you there are new charges coming along that you will be able to just use a credit card on but that will be at a much higher rate whereas a polar member will get a lot a lot ever sorry a polar member will get it a much cheaper rate okay so, so they, those are coming in they're very powerful charges that we'll start to see them rolled out on actually BP petrol station forecourts
1: oh okay so. so um if and so if, we've got, if we're paying this £7 a month, then presumably we preferentially look for polar chargers rather than any other type of charger when we're out and about.
3: Yes. Uh, and, and the reason I say polar is because they are so reliable. I've never gone to a polar charger and it's not been working ever. Uh, OK. So, and I use them a lot. So, <laughs> so.
1: And, and you said, uh, I think you said RFID card.
3: Yes, I did. So uh, yeah, it's basically like a little card that you, uh, it's got a personal ID on the card. So you scan it against almost like a, a chip and pin. You, you right. scan it. it recognizes a card and it knows where to bill you. So it automatically recognizes you and then it allows you to charge.
1: So where do you get one of them?
3: Uh, so you if you join Polar, you right. when you sign up to them, they send you one through the post.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So um so that's polar. Now one of the ones that I've seen a lot when we're at service stations and things is ecotricity. They seem to have lots of the ones at service stations. How how does that how do they work?
3: Um, shall I answer that one as well? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard pretty,
2: yeah. pretty well, but they've um, there's been a lot of horror stories recently, haven't there, with them not working and right. various other things and people turning up and them I don't know, just not even being switched on. Yeah. Oh god! So, yeah, they've they're certainly having a few issues. But again, James, you've done much longer distances, haven't you? And you've used these a lot more and been let down by them.
3: Yeah. So they really were the pioneers. Without Ecotricity, we wouldn't have been able to get anywhere because mm-hmm. they were the first put rapid charges in. Um, unfortunately, they've gone from being at the very top to being quite near the bottom now for reliability. Uh, and more frustratingly. You say that the service stations is exactly where people want them. Yes. Because they're the most unreliable. Actually, what they're doing is they're showing a lot of people that the infrastructure doesn't work. Yeah. If they were maybe taken over by somebody like Polar or another another charging company that are out there, Ionity, the which are very reliable, then things would be very different. Very okay. Different. So they're, they're kind of hindering the uptake of EVs, uh, whereas once they were the forerunners. So yeah. It's a bit of a sad story about that
1: Yeah, it's Um, a real shame. So presumably with either of those apps, with the um, ZapMap or PlugShare, um, can you sort of um, almost filter it so it will only find polar charges or only find free charges or things like that?
3: Yes, you can do exactly that. You can you can filter it uh, uh, across network provider, so EcoTricity, uh-huh. InstaVolt, Ionity, Polar. Then you can filter it for the type of charger that you use. So your uh, what EV have you got? Did you say
1: um, Enero
3: Kia Enero? Enero. So that's CCS. So that's the the new common plug that will be fitted to everything. Uh, so you'll be able to filter it for CCS, but there are some older types. There's AC and there's CHAdeMO as well, which is still in abundance. So you can filter it across the type of plug that you've got on your your EV as well. So, so.
1: these are all different types of plugs that you use to yeah. to,
3: to connect your car to the charger? Yeah, but in, t- in 10 years, they'll only be CCS. Mm. Yeah.
2: Okay. I think that's and, confusing, isn't it? I think that's one thing if you are listening to this, it sounds like there's so many different things yeah. you've got to consider, and yeah. then people are thinking oh god I don't want to do it but actually it's it's not that bad I can you. do it and I've got baby brain
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think as you say it's just that kind of um fear of the unknown thing and actually once you've done it a couple of times you're like oh yeah no actually that's that's really easy and once you've yeah. downloaded the app and had a play and all that sort of thing so Theoretically, in the future, do you think it will be a scenario whereby we walk up to a forecourt, whether that's BP or Shell or you know um, Polar or someone like that, and and you just plug your car in, pay with your credit card, and drive off in the way that we do for petrol at the moment?
2: Well, that's kind of starting in some cities. In Dundee, they've got charging hubs which work in a very sort of similar way, don't they? Yeah. So they've got um, rows of chargers and so you can just turn up, you can just plug in and just pay Mm -hmm. for it. And it's much, much simpler and it's very similar to a a petrol forecourt.
1: Yeah, I almost feel like that's
2: what it needs to end up being like, because that's, I guess that's
1: what we're all used to, but it does get very confusing for people when there's so many different um, sort of companies to sign up for and that sort of thing, isn't it? We almost, it's fine for them all to be, supplying charges but it almost just needs to be um sort of um systemized just an easy way to everybody to just access it
3: it it would be nice if it was one plug and just contactless wouldn't it yes yeah because it's 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 almost that with petrol it's either petrol or diesel um, yeah contactless if you want it or or debit card it's it's very simple yeah yeah. Uh, but that is coming. That is coming. And uh, I, I think in not long, probably in the next 12 months, I think we'll see um, at least four providers which will do contactless if you want to use contactless, but they will also allow you to have a subs- subscription service where you benefit from a cheaper rate. Yeah. Okay.
1: So. Yeah. So that makes much more sense to my head. <laughs> yeah, <definitely. laughs> um, and how long... So there's. I hear people talk about... Um, fast charging and rapid charging what's the difference between the two speed obviously
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> um well we we on our tesla we have a we can use supercharging which is um really really quick so is that even faster than rapid charging it, it is it takes well but takes from empty to full 25 30 minutes oh, okay
3: yeah it's, it's quite great. about 90% in about 30 minutes
2: yeah, yeah. So- and then rapid and fast charging. Again, this is your forte.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, so our Tesla will charge it up to 120 kilowatts, which is very, very fast. Um, the most charges are about 50 kilowatts. So, is that
1: is that the home charges or is these ones that we'll get? Um, the,
3: these out are sort and of rapids, these are the rapids that we'll see out and about in okay. most of the service areas. However, they are changing to one hundred and fifty and even three hundred and fifty kilowatts on the next generation. Wow! So what what your charge at home is generally about seven kilowatts. So it's, it's a lot slower yeah. because you're in bed. Mm.
1: You yes.
3: mm. Yeah, it can be as slow as it likes when you're in bed. As long as it's full when you get up, it's, it's...
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, again, my physics is is very poor, but I'm kind of, the way I envisage it is it's almost like, you know, the size of the, the hose pipe, if you like, delivering the electricity gets gets bigger, so can deliver it
3: quicker. That, that's a very good analogy. Okay. That's exactly the way to look at it. You just have a bigger hose pipe just pause it in a bit more quickly exactly that um
1: so at the moment i i think cost is probably one of the things that's holding a lot of people back from changing over Mm -hmm. to ev as well as kind of availability of some of the newest models i said to you before we started recording we would waited 10 months for for our kia e nero so Mm -hmm. how much is the sort of cheapest ev
2: cheapest evs you're looking at really are things like the imeve which is a really really small electric car and um, does about 50, fifty miles. Fifty
3: worse. Yeah, worse case,
2: yeah. Um. But and you can get one of those for around about five thousand pounds. Oh wow. And the IMEV, the Citroen the C Zero, and the Peugeot Iron are basically all the same car and they're yeah. all at the same cost and they all do about the same miles. But we recently sold our Renault Zoe, which we we loved, and um, but we sold that and that um, went for six thousand five hundred. So you can okay. Zoe, which does around about eighty, eighty-five. Yeah. Um, and how how old was that when you sold it? How old is sixty five plate?
1: Wasn't it? it was
3: so. Sixty-five plate, yeah. So it was um, two and, two and a bit, nearly three years old.
1: Okay. And are there concerns with secondhand EVs with the battery life and longevity and things?
3: There, there, there has been concerns, and rightly so on some EVs. If you look at the initial uh, Nissan Leaf, the Gen 1 Nissan Leaf, they did suffer, especially in cold and hot clim- mm-hmm. the climates, they really suffered badly. Um, the later battery technology has changed, so it's better, but the what you really need to consider is uh so thermal management so your e nero's got that where is it, it won't allow the temperature to to get too hot basically right when you're charging um and all evs coming to the market now except for the nissan leaf unfortunately um which still doesn't have it uh have thermal management so rmg has got it the renault zoe's got a a, a basic form of it but it works very well yeah um, so that that some of the that's some of the things that really affect batteries is is temperature, very cold and very hot. So by having having thermal management, it manages it, it keeps it in a nice temperature range, and it looks after it, so it lasts longer. Yeah. Um, but, but a couple of facts for you: Tesla recently I saw said they think their batteries are going to last twenty seven years. Oh wow! Yeah. So that's quite incredible, and and. That's going forward. You'll probably find that the longevity of uh, a lithium-ion battery pack, something in your e-Nero, will probably last. I, I would say if it doesn't do over ten to fifteen years, I'd be very surprised. Mm-hmm. Very surprised. They're, they're they're much more reliable than people think. Much yeah. more reliable.
1: And I know you'll you'll know this better than me, but my understanding was that when things like the Leaf and things first came out, because of concerns about battery life and things, people. You bought the car and then leased the battery. Is that no longer really a thing?
3: It's not with Nissan, but it is with Renault. Okay. uh, But Renault, I don't think Renault do it so much for the battery. They do it to uh, bring down the initial purchase cost. So if you're going to have the car for a year, it's well worth leasing the battery because. You don't buy the whole price, you don't buy the cost of the car, including the battery. Right. Um, but if you're going to keep the car for seven years, it's worth buying it with the battery. So okay. it gives people a bit more flexibility on payments.
1: And it's the batteries that really pump the price up, isn't it, that are expensive?
3: Uh, yes, it is. But that, that price has dropped considerably. It's, it's coming down at a, a huge rate of knots. It yeah. really is. Really, so.
1: so for something with a, you know, a reasonable range, let's say, I don't know, 150 to 200 miles, what might you expect to pay? For, for a kind
2: okay. of standard family car, RMG, well,
3: yeah,
2: um, RMG was it does 162, and yeah, we pay 24, 20,
3: okay, 20, 23 and a half, I can't 23 remember. and a half, 24. Yeah. We only um, it a couple
2: of weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and it sounds like a lot of money, it really does, doesn't it? But you know, you we rec- you do recoup that
3: to put that into perspective, um. the savings we worked out the savings and it will save us a fortune over having a a petrol fiesta i compared it against a 2001 petrol fiesta and the cost of fuel to run it is more expensive than buying a brand new mg
1: oh really
3: with tax and the fuel and the servicing and things like that
1: did you have a spreadsheet (laughs)
2: in his head
3: (laughs) (laughs) i didn't have a spreadsheet but i did have a piece of paper that looked
2: (laughs) 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 when you're trying to convince your friends like we've we have convinced quite a lot of my friends actually to go electric and when we first got our electric car they all laughed at us and they were like oh you called it a milk float and they gradually all kind of come round to it and now we keep i keep getting messages off my friends going how much would this one be yeah yeah Value, yeah, people are becoming more interested in realizing that the initial outlay is actually worth it, so yeah, it's just that change of mindset,
1: yeah. And I think it's been quite noticeable just in the last maybe six months or a year. But as you say, I've you know, we've had friends who are thinking about replacing their cars and and are actually starting to look at EVs as an option rather than before Mm -hmm. just going, Oh, no, it's not, you know, it's, it's too much hassle, or I don't understand it, or it's not worth it. They do seem to be coming much more of a mainstream option for people
2: yeah
1: yeah oh look there goes the dog (laughs) 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 your little one's being very quiet my dog's being very noisy um Um, so right completely lost my train of thought now right back on to batteries we've talked about the sort of longevity of them and the fact that that's increasing all the time and and the costs of them are coming down i know a lot of people have concerns about the sustainability of lithium ion batteries in terms of the mining of the metallic elements and all those sorts of things what's the situation with that
3: do you
2: want to do that or do you want me to no i definitely want you to which <laughs> more, more physically physicalism.
1: Okay.
3: so yeah. uh, it's it's very interesting when you see um you, you see a picture they, they usually you'll look at the paper and there'll be a small child in the middle mm. of Africa somewhere who's just been pulled out of a hole with a, a, a a block of cobalt in his hand.
1: Yeah,
3: and that's what we see quite often nowadays for for people who are anti EV, anyway.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, but what most manufacturers do, in fact, nearly all manufacturers do, is they they sustain their cobalt uh, sustainably. So there are there are places that they can get it where it's it's not dug out of a hole in Africa by a child. Right. So, um, but also, what people forget is, cobalt is used on all the mobile phones and tablets mm. that everybody ever uses, but nobody ever seems to mention that. When people write on Twitter and they say, oh, my cobalt in that battery is huge, they don't realise that the device they're writing it on has got cobalt in the battery, and, yeah. and the previous six or seven phones that are probably in their kitchen drawer have <laughs> got that much. The, the other thing that um, I'll add is that lithium-ion batteries are 99% recyclable. Yeah. And because of the expense in the battery, they don't go to landfill. They, mm-hmm. no, no car battery goes to landfill. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. But what do go to landfill are mobile phones and yes. tablets. So they are the ones who – they're the batteries that are going into landfill that we need to change. It's not the cars. It's yeah. definitely not the cars.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really interesting argument, and it's a, it's a point I've sort of made before. Is As you say, everybody – or one of the concerns or one of the arguments that people have against EVs is, is the batteries. And, but actually just sort of gently pointing out, nobody's giving up, nobody's giving up their mobile phones in a hurry or switching over to fair phones that are all sustainably sourced and that sort of thing. So um, I think we do need to, to just bear that in mind. And did I read somewhere that um, batteries that are sort of um, no longer maintaining a sort of full charge for car driving, they then get, Sort of second lives as um, batteries for energy storage for things like wind farms and solar farms and things.
3: You did read that that's that's very true. The, the when a battery becomes unsustainable for a car it still has a huge amount of density in it which is perfect for home storage, grid storage. Um, sometimes what they'll do <laughs> don't worry, ignore her. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes what they'll do is um, they'll put uh, old batteries next to a charger, which yep. could be charged up at a slower rate, and then a car can come along and sap the power out of them very quickly. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, it, they'll do that, and so, um, it allows grid balancing as well. Um, but, but another point I uh, just before it uh, goes out of my mind is Tesla's next generation of batteries will have zero cobalt. Oh, okay. So, yep. so that cobalt argument will disappear. Yeah, <laughs> and everything. also um
1: another another did i read um presumably as you say because there's there's these precious metals and these resources these expensive resources in the batteries is there an um a mechanism to recover those metals and recycle them
3: there there is the the thing is um a, a lot of companies said okay well the batteries are going to fail at this point mm-hmm. and then actually what happened was they did not fail yeah. they to last longer um so the recycling of car batteries isn't really such a thing at the moment it's more that they just take them and use them as grid storage right they're very useful there yeah
2: um,
3: but that that is something that's coming online and like I said 99% of the battery can be, can be recycled so it's it when it does happen it's not people have this image that there's we're going to be tipping batteries into a yeah. hole and, you know covering it over and putting some trees on it that's yeah. that's that's never going to happen
1: never. yeah yeah and um, you talked a little bit there about grid balancing and this might be getting really geeky, but um we had some people come round and um talk to us about having a battery because we've got our solar panels and the, and there's a mechanism now, or this company came round and they said basically to do with balancing the grid and they can, you know, when when our solar panels are producing, it will go to the battery, and then when the grid needs energy, they can take it from our battery. And it all was a bit kind of like um mind-blowing for someone like me but um they were also saying that you know as more and more people have electric vehicles you've basically got this massive battery sat on your drive and that that ultimately would be a really useful resource in terms of balancing out the energy needs of the grid as people come home and switch lights on and things like that
3: yes yeah that's that that's very true so the reaction time of a battery is uh, nanoseconds Mm. When when you demand it; it's there whereas uh, if you need another source like a gas turbine, yeah,
1: yeah,
3: yeah. It, it takes a while. So having energy storage like that is is great. And if you can if you can bring them all together, yeah, so you've got them on a a, a grid or or a device that can control them. Mm. You- you can balance out the grid very well and by balancing out the grid and having that that energy capable there to to use as and when you need it it means the demand on fossil fuels which is always going down is is lowered even further so that's that's another good thing about batteries is is that they have that you can put the energy in and take it back out and put it back in and take it back out umpteen times and uh, so so yeah definitely definitely that's that's something that's that's coming on and it's it's Sorry, you're going to say something. Wasn't
2: there a study? <laughs> they, weren't they asking people to be involved in a study? Somebody was.
1: I think it's Zappi. I think the people who make Zappi are doing some kind of study at the moment.
3: And right. I think that
1: at the moment they're gathering the sort of normal data and then they want to get you plugging things in and doing things at different times, I think.
3: Yeah, I, they did a demonstration because we went to the Zappi launch for the Zappi 2 and they were showing how if they had oh, 10,000 yes. Zappis charging, that they could actually lower the charge rate if need be, so the demand could be sent somewhere else. That's right. Step that back up. So you've got
2: that incredibly clever bloke who works for them. I can't remember his name. Very good at physics,
3: Mister. Very clever bloke. Yeah,
2: we <laughs> did a very very in depth yeah. demonstration. Which yes, I think yeah. James understood better than me. Yeah. <laughs> but it all looked
1: very good. Yeah. It no, it's, good, it's good, kind yeah. of mind blowing the the yeah. way that um, people are because obviously as more people. Start to use EVs and as we start to change over heating systems and things the demands on the grid for electricity is is going to go up and we need that mm-hmm. to be clean electricity so yeah. it's really interesting that these um these things are sort of developing in parallel at the same time mm-hmm. definitely. definitely cool now one question I'm really curious to know is how many different types of EV have you guys driven oh my
2: God. <laughs> that's put you on the spot <laughs> I don't even know how many videos we've got on YouTube that would give us an idea wouldn't
3: it I think you've driven more than me
2: I think. possibly um I don't know
3: it's a lot
2: a lot, <laughs> a lot. yeah <laughs> I think the only way I could answer that would be literally by going on our YouTube yeah, and counting. yeah. but too many to count because we've, we've driven a lot of hybrids the self-charging hybrids PHEVs yeah. you've done some bikes
3: yeah motorbikes we have done
2: pretty much every electric car that's come out that we can get our hands on yeah been and
1: so you just do you just ring them up and go we've got a YouTube channel we'd love to review your car and they go here you go <laughs>
3: Um, we 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 used to do that. Yeah. Uh, now we have people who. Oh really? Yeah. So it's it's changed. Just more recently. Um, so we we're picking up a motorbike this weekend, um, which is our wedding anniversary. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, First
3: it's, it's it's an amazing <laughs> electric motorbike. It's fantastic, and and people are people come to us and they say, "Look, do you want to review this and put it on your channel?" And if they want the publicity from. Yeah, them, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It helps us. It helps them.
2: so You know, you've made it when they're coming to you. We also yeah, us used to borrow a lot of cars, didn't we? Of we, people, we wait for people to get them, then we'd be like, "Could you <laughs> just borrow your car?" Yes, did. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We yeah. do a swap for one of ours or something for a few days. Yeah.
3: And we, 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 we're taught that we say, "Do you want to borrow a Tesla?" Yeah.
2: so
1: would you ever go back to a traditional internal combustion engine car now
2: not a chance not not a chance honestly when James first convinced me I didn't think it was going to last long and now we're what six years in and seven seven years in and I I couldn't imagine having to listen to the noise of an internal combustion car having to change gear (laughs) having to like go to a petrol I can't even remember the last time I've been to a petrol station so yeah no absolutely not and that's really interesting. The um that was one of the
1: things that really stood out for me was that ease of drive, the smoothness, the quietness, the for some reason it hadn't occurred to me that I wouldn't that it would be automatic and that I wouldn't need to change gear. But with um traditional automatics, I didn't I don't particularly like them because you they feel quite sluggish to me and quite kind of yeah. you know, but, but you get none of
2: that. It's just completely smooth, isn't it? That was a great good impression. impression. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite pleased that. <laughs> <laughs> but they are, and I just, I think, you know, we've got Florence, and I if I do a long journey somewhere with Florence, often to my dad's, which is about 100 miles, I want her to go to sleep, and she just goes to sleep. It's just yeah. nice, you know, yeah. if, I, if I time it right and it's smooth and comfortable, mm. yeah. and, and as long as you've got a car where you, you know you can do a decent range. and it's just lovely. It's just so lovely. the kids don't miss out on
1: that whole kind of white noise thing of the engine and not going <laughs> to. Not at all. So oh, just, good. The thing is, is
2: she still wakes up when you stop the car, though. Oh, really? Yeah, which is really weird, isn't it? And you can be driving incredibly slowly, and she'll stay asleep. But as soon as you the car stops, the <laughs> car she wakes up. Really but you don't feel quite
1: so guilty about doing laps around the bypass or laps around the block no. to keep her asleep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's very true, but
3: no, <laughs> we would never go back, would we? I, I'm, I'm the same. I, I could never go back to internal combustion, and, and just, for a lot of the reasons, uh, the, the pollution's the big one for me. I, I mean, cost yeah. important, but the the pollution from uh, a diesel and, mm-hmm. and sitting outside a school. I see people sit outside schools with the engines running. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah,
0: yes. and
3: that, that, that concerns me. That concerns me because yeah. the environment, the environmental health impact there is is, is bad.
1: So there are literally no emissions out of the back. Like um, with traditional cars, you've obviously got, um, you know, there's nitrous oxide and stuff like that as well. There is literally yeah. nothing coming out of the back. Uh,
3: there's nothing coming out of the back. Actually, actually the only stuff you would, you would kick up would be the particulates off the road that the internal combustion cars have dropped. Right. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, a lot of people don't realise that their diesel, which they say does 75 miles to the gallon, then it only emits this much, is, it's completely wrong. Uh, but when they're cold, none of the emission system works. It has to be at exactly the right temperature. Right. Yeah, it's optimum. So when they do a two-mile journey to school and then they sit outside the school, the engine's running. Yeah. Actually, they're just pumping out really, really bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, it's the kids that are suffering from that.
1: Yeah, and the kids are all walking past. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. And the kids are generally quite small, so they're about the right <laughs> height for the exhaust pilot. <laughs> that is also yeah yeah it's, it's, it's horrendous so, I think
2: you do become more aware of it as well I think that's yeah. like if you if you know if you, you know someone who was ever a smoker and they stopped smoking they, mm. they hate that smell of smoke yeah. and I think yeah. we're the same now we smell yeah. diesel and we're like eh, quick you know shut the windows and yeah and it just smells worse than it ever did yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. and just quickly before we finish actually in terms of the you know, the quietness. I know that's something that some people worry about in terms of road safety and things. Mm. There's a law coming, isn't there, that under 30 miles an hour cars, electric cars have to make a noise. Is that right?
3: Is it under 30? I
2: thought it was 15.
3: I, oh, it might I, be
1: 15.
3: Yeah, I thought it was 14. Oh, oh OK. Yeah, but, but under a certain speed, yes. Yeah. I think so. um, and the thing is, actually, uh, cars sound the same at about 12 miles an hour right there's no difference really in the noise so you don't oh, okay. hear, you hear tire noise yeah yeah
1: yeah.
3: but below that so you do sometimes have to be quite careful when you're maneuvering around uh your car parks and things yep. like that especially with people with mobile phones and yes, earphones definitely. yeah when they say the electric device the electric uh, component or device that's going to kill somebody is probably going to be a phone phone
1: yeah, yeah 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 and um I can't, I don't know whether this is a good thing or whether it's like embarrassing, but our new car, the Kia Nero, when you reverse, it beeps like a lorry, it's not as loud as a lorry, but it does beep to let people know that it's coming and it's like,
2: oh no. Did We yeah, have that on ours when I, we borrowed one.
3: I don't. I don't remember that. Is that, no. that must be a new thing. Can you turn? Yeah.
2: It off? it's quite embarrassing. No, I, well, I was like, yeah. I said, to, I said, to them, can we turn it off? Can we turn it off? But we haven't worked out. How to do that. Oh, no. I'm a terrible reverser, and I'm just like, I do not want anybody watching me. No. No, I don't want to draw no. attention to the fact that no. I'm cocking <laughs> up the reverse parking. Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: um, so what's the the best bit of advice to finish on that you've got for someone who's thinking?
2: they need to replace their car and they're wondering whether an EV is for them. Go and drive one. If you can go and find one that you, you're keen on, just go and drive it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can go to pretty much any garage now, can't you? Yeah. And then try an electric car of, of one brand or another. The other way to do it is, is secondhand companies is that there's so many um, electric cars now springing up in secondhand carriages and people who specialize just in electric cars
3: one, um, one in particular that we know one in particular, a great
2: guy. I was is, just going there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one in particular who is a very great guy, Jonathan Porterfield, who actually enabled us to test drive um, one of the very first electric cars that we test drove. Um, he has a company called Eco Cars. Um, so it's eco-cars.net. Yeah. Okay. And um, if you go on his, his website, he buys and sells electric vehicles and he'll source them for you through auction and various other ways. Yeah. It's using really good prices. But he will also enable you to test drive one if he absolutely can. Oh, brilliant. So, so yeah, go and drive one. But the other thing to do is use social media. So go on Twitter, go on YouTube. There's so many, so many people doing reviews on electric cars. Yeah. That's unbelievable. And so much going on on Twitter. Yeah. So and lo- most people in the EV community are really really friendly which we've learned and yeah. if you have any questions you can pretty much direct them to anybody who's already got an electric car and they'll answer them for you. Cool. So,
1: and yeah. why this might be a bit of an unfair question because you might not know but we had to wait 10 months for, for ours and I and somebody said to me the other day the waiting list is now 18 months. Why why is there this because it's frustrating isn't it? People feel it feels like people are finally ready to go oh yeah actually I'm going to get an EV but nobody wants to wait. Of course, nobody wants to wait 10 months or 18 months for a car. Why is there this big lag?
3: Okay, so what Kia will like you to believe is there's a shortage of batteries. <laughs> right. But that's not actually the case. What the problem is, is that the, the, the car that you've brought is so good that <laughs> it would start to encroach on the sales of the diesel and petrol cars.
1: Oh. Now, the problem, the
3: problem is they make more money on the petrol and diesel cars. They make yeah. money on the electric cars. So they want to sell more internal combustion cars. So they are restricting the numbers. If you look at the numbers of cars that they make, they I think they make about 22,000 e-Neros and Konas a year. Yeah. But they go to all the markets. It's not just the UK. It's yeah. all over the world that they sell those. Um but there are other companies out there who are doing a much better job. If you look at the likes of Tesla, yeah. Tesla are largely outselling a lot of major players, BMW, Mercedes in America, in Germany, in a lot of um, European countries. Um, also, uh, MG are owned by a Chinese company called Psych, and they produced 150,000 EVs last year, and this year they'll produce 300,000. Wow. So there, there are some seriously big numbers, and what that should do is that it should start to push the other people to the other manufacturers yeah. to start pulling their finger out.
1: Yeah, that's quite interesting actually, because um, when we went to the Kia garage, Ben had done loads of research, and he he basically knew more than the salesperson about the car, and right. um, and they're kind of selling themselves. But the salespeople work on commission, don't they? And and I think their commission isn't as good on the EVs because they can't upsell the service packages and all those sorts of things right. so it almost needs the the industry itself to restructure the way it um the way people are paid for selling them and all that sort of thing as well to, so that they're incentivized to actually get more EVs shifted
2: yeah
3: yeah absolutely right because I think that's absolutely.
1: always
2: been the way from the day we started looking yeah um, We we always found that every every garage we've been into we seem to know more yeah. Do. Yeah. And, and and it's not changed it's such a shame it
1: really yeah is. and one thing we didn't touch on was the the government at the moment there's a three and a half grand um sort of grant that they give to encourage people to buy evs isn't there but i think i heard that that might be going in their progressive environmentally friendly policies
3: yeah the um the, the, it will go ultimately i mean they yeah. can't sustain that forever but the the rate of Uptake now is is growing very quickly, um, and it's. I think we're at the point now where actually, if they do another six months, they're going to be well out of pocket. Oh, so, really? Yeah, they've got to tread carefully because people are looking at it going well actually, it's three thousand five hundred pound off. Um, MG on the the car we bought put another three thousand five hundred in, so we got seven grand off the. Tow. Oh wow! So yeah. So people are just buying it, and the government have got the government have got to stomp up that money. So um once once the uptake starts to flow it will keep flowing yeah keep flowing yeah
2: down. brilliant well where can we come and find you online um so youtube if you search for james and kate yeah um we're on twitter at kate phantom
1: um, and that's phantom
2: with an f isn't it facebook yeah phantom, phantom with an f so yes yeah. F A N for november T O M for mother
1: brilliant yeah and um, so I'll post all those links in the show notes for people to come and have a look and they can come and watch some of your reviews which as I say I just I just really enjoy them they're just nice to sit and watch and feel very relatable and not too kind of geeky which I think is perfect. Oh, thank is, is, you. is there
3: any of our videos with me in it that you like?
1: I <laughs> see all of them but <laughs> I think Kate's got a really good niche there because you know there are um obviously women that drive cars and 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 I don't I haven't seen many reviews done by you know mum's trying to fit buggies in the back so I just think it's um
2: it's so important (laughs) isn't it that's like the actual real life scenario yeah 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 when we when we were
1: buying our car before this one it was like well can we fit three car seats across the back because you know what if one of the kids (laughs) needs a has a friend coming home or something like that and you know or can I fit my bum in the middle when two car seats are either side and that's you know what
2: that is a real issue Mm. with one car seat if you try and fit two adults in the back with a car seat it's tricky it's quite yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wish you'd eaten less Kit Kats yes
3: RMG <laughs> oh, actually it was we had to put the running buggy in it and if it didn't fit we weren't having it yeah it was- to that because we, we go running a lot with Florence we probably go every week uh, at the weekend and, and if it didn't go in it just it it no, it was a no-goer
1: yeah yeah, I remember doing that when, when the kids were little going around looking for cars and taking the buggy with us and like will this fit no okay how many wheels do we have to take off to get this to fit yes. and that kind of yeah <laughs> cool well thank you ever so much that's been um, you've answered lots of my questions about charging when we're out and about and things and um, and hopefully answered lots of people's questions in general about electric cars so um, yeah yeah